Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Markets with Sean Hackett. This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire. Helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire would like to give all the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast a free pair of deerskin gloves. So send an email to marketing at axontire.com and you will get those sent to you. Make sure you tell them the Moving Iron Podcast sent you. Again, marketing at axontire.com. Send them in. And Sean needs a pair of those because he's he's rocking his fall attire today. Look at that. Got the plant, got the the uh the flannel shirt on. Got the hat. Oh, I, was, I was thinking about the earmuffs, but uh, I said, "That's eh, not 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 yet." I'll wait yep. until a little, little later uh, into yep. this very cold uh, South Florida winter we're having. It's so. it's a frigid seventy degrees down there, so it's cold. Just never seen it like this before. Old man winters are knocking. Is what I always say. So <laughs> that, that 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 raw tropical air just tough to handle. Just tough. <laughs> Oh, man. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales equipment data. Not equipment, just data. Tractor Zoom's Iron Comps is industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is also brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work today. All right, Sean is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida, and he's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So, Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing really good, really good. and Enjoying my uh, morning here and Always looking forward to t- talking with you about agriculture and prices. So. And I'm I'm pretty fired up myself to talk to you about what's going on in the world. And so we had a uh, report come out. CPI came out. I read the article this morning. We're uh, up 8.2% for the year through September, which is higher than what they anticipated. 
so now everything is just getting gutted and, and uh, just slashed like crazy right now. Um, this keeps the uh, foot firmly placed on the on the uh, in the uh, interest rate uh, increase uh, pedal on out there right now. So, Sean, I guess as you're looking at that, what what effects do you see this happen on having on the overall um, commodity marketplace right now? Well, we know there's a delay in monetary policy versus impact. So the problem is, is that uh, the Federal Reserve is using the current data to continue their current policy instead of waiting for the actions they've already taken to start to deliver, which means they're going to overdo it like they do every single time. They always overshoot. They over over ease, over tighten. And so now they're going to keep over tightening. And then they're going to find out two to three months from now when we have like a crash in the numbers, a crash in the economy, and everything comes to a standstill. Oh, we've gone too far. And then they're going to have to quickly, you know, reverse course, which is what they historically have always done. Um, and we'll just have to see how far they're going to overshoot this thing. But this is unfortunately because they're 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 determined to let current data um, dictate their interest rate policy on a month to month basis. Um, you know, this is going to continue to make them over uh, tighten. And, um, and there's going to, so, so the markets now are have to get themselves priced accordingly for a major slowdown, major recession, major loss of demand. Um, and, um, you know, and, and that's being asset prices falling until such time that the market feels that the situation is so bad that they are going to pivot. They are going to change the mind. And once they give a hint that they might start printing money again, you know, then the bottom is in and then we start turning the corner back up. And so we can argue when that may be. But given this number here, you know, I wouldn't think that we're going to be looking at a pivot until the first quarter sometime. And um, it's just a question of which one of these CPI numbers finally gives up the ghost and falls significantly. One of them will, um, but it may not be enough to, to stop them from what they're doing until the first quarter. So right. that means it's going to be a tough, tough period for asset markets. We have an election coming up here. We have an election coming up in Brazil, all over the place. Always a very uncertain time for that. So uh, I don't know. Just seems to me you know, we have Russia continuing and Ukraine continuing to have this uh, back and forth um, situation that's very volatile. So all, yep. it's just a very, very, very messy time, Casey. Very messy time. Yep. And you know, you read the articles that about Russia and what they're doing and, and how they're. You know, they've been threatening for a long time that, hey, you know, you guys, you know, if you guys keep bringing it like you to the to the Ukrainians with uh, aid and those kind of things like you've been doing, we're going to escalate this stuff even more. And we're seeing all kinds of articles about, you know, NATO air defenses and European um, country defenses and those kind of things that there's going to be, there's just a huge amount of, of uneasiness, I guess the best way to put it, uh, in that particular part of the world that, one one mistake can can really have a big domino effect on what we see happening. It's going to be a big deal. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what came out yesterday um, on Wednesday with the uh, October report uh, that came out. Looked like you know the markets were were kind of favorable to what we see happen, but you know obviously with what came out the CPI stuff, they quickly reversed. Sean, taking a look at that report, any big things jump out to you that said, hey, you know what, this is this is different than what we thought was going to happen. 
<clears throat> if you take a look at the quarterly grain stocks report that came out at the end of the month of September, uh, they were bullish corn, bearish soybeans. And then you look at this report, which was bullish soybeans, bearish corn. On the margin, both reports were within what I would call statistical error, uh, meaning that the, the, the up or down was within a, a, a natural statistical error curve, which means they didn't really say anything. Right. What they said was crops are good, but not great. What they said was uh, assuming demand that we currently believe is there today holds, you know, we're going to keep our supplies tight. I believe that demand is being overestimated, but that takes time to whittle down. So the reality is nothing much has changed, Casey. We're, we've traded. The crop's not good enough. We've traded. We're not going to add a lot of ending stocks. And now we're the market is waiting around to see how South America weather plays out. Right now, Brazil looks fantastic. It's the best start to the soybean crop in Mato Grosso in at least 10 years, maybe even 15 it's a horrific start to the Argentina uh, crop season, but it's too early to say, you know, you're going to worry too much about that. We need to get in to December and then start taking a look at how we want to discount good weather in Brazil, bad weather in Argentina. You probably get a weather scare out of Argentina or South Brazil if it stays this dry. Um, but for now, right now, I think the outside markets are going to win and we're going to put some pressure on these markets. So right on. All right, so looking at, I guess, um, when you look at this stuff here, so you got Argentina with their weed issue that they're having and, and the dry, yes. ongoing drought that we see there. We see the dryness up here. Then you've got um, the Black Sea area. Wheat is still kind of, you know, the, the little engine that could. If you look at what's going on in the markets right now, um, winter wheat futures are two to four cents higher and spring wheats are four to six higher compared to what's going on around them. They are kind of that, I don't know, that tether out there. That's still that's kind of the lifeline to a lot of these commodity markets. And then you start seeing Turkey was still still trying to make sure Russia gets their exports out and fertilizer and those kind of things, which I don't know how much of an effect that's going to have on the overall marketplace. And then you throw on the rice side, you throw uh India is looking at sending out some some broken rice um exports that they said they weren't going to send out anymore. So that opens that up a little bit. But I guess as you look at those those true uh, food stocks and those things. What what are your thoughts there? I mean, is that is that just hanging by a thread still, Sean? Do you think? You know, um, so long as the U.S. weather for Casey winter wheat is so dry, it's even wet. It's even very dry for soft red winter wheat right now. Um, and so long as we have this uh, on again, off again, on again, off again, what's going to happen? sort of thing with such a critical item. Um, I just think the need to foods, which is wheat and rice, are going to continue to remain at a premium to most other markets, meaning even I always go back to what occurred in the pandemic, that the only two ag markets that were able to actually rise in price during that chaotic second quarter of 2020 was wheat and rice. So Whatever happens, those are you. You have to have those. You got to have those. Whatever money is available, they will go to those. And so, I still think those markets are markets that will hold up. And if we ever get anything that eases back on this very bearish uh, monetary policy, you know, then those markets could really uh, 
um, you know, have some significant upside. But I think for now, they'll they'll this environment will keep them from doing that. But I also don't think you know you have huge downside either from where we currently are. I think it's more of a chopping sideways, slight mm-hmm. downside kind of thing. It's just too important. People can't mess around and government keeps changing the policies with India. And, not, and bottom line is, I just don't think everybody, you know, no, nobody trusts anybody to give them what they want. And everyone wants to stockpile wheat and rice. And that's a mantra that really is not going to go away that I can see. Right. So Okay. All right. Let's jump down and talk about the proteins here a little bit. You know, I read an article this morning that cattle slaughter still remains all-time highs. You know, you're looking at um, week over week, they're up a thousand ahead from last week, and uh, it's it's twenty eight thousand from this time last year. So I mean that's a big a big jump. Still doing um, you know the liquidation of herds and those kind of things based around drought and those kind of things. So I guess looking at the cattle market it continues to come under um, supply pressure and you know demand price still staying high. And then you start looking at where interest rates are and what the the cost at the grocery store is for for beef. I guess looking at this, Sean, do you ever think there's a leveling out point where even though supply is where it's at and we have some demand issues based around um just the you know just the the sheer buying power of the uh, of the buying public, I guess. Do you see that ever kind of settling down just because of where it's at? It will settle that. It will settle down. I just don't see it selling down in the fourth quarter because we have plenty of beef supply mm-hmm. and demand's falling rapidly. Um, so you know we've been we've been negative the cattle market now for over a month and a half. Prices have been working their the way down. Feed prices are high. Um, the drought is ongoing, at least in the central southern plains. I just don't see you know. Yes, you can have your snapback. Uh, uh, you know, technical rallies and that sort of thing. But I think we need to get ourselves, um, you know, into the first half of 23 before we reach that level you're discussing, that level where we've, you know, gotten all that out of the way. We've gotten that overhang out of the way. And now then we reach the point where, you know, if we liquidate too much more, we're not going to have a cattle industry anymore. And, you know, I, I I think we're close to that, but not, it's not the fourth quarter. We just got too much supply. We've got to eat through it. And, Whatever we want to say or not say, demand's going to be soft, especially after today's numbers. So, you know, hogs not as cyclically sensitive. I mean, pork is a cheaper meat. Um, it is a little more economical, but you know, it still has it still needs to get Chinese demand back um, in order to offset some oversupply that we have in the domestic market. I think that's going to come and help them out a little bit. Once he comes out of this CCP meeting that they have in October, and he's indoctrinated as a for lifer. Um, I th- I do think when we look at what's going on in China with pork prices taking off and the China cat- uh, hog price taking off, that I-, I think there's a reason that they you know, that won't based on economics. They're just going to buy the pork because that's such a staple item for Chinese uh, food buying, especially ahead of the uh, holidays they have in January and February. So I'm a little more optimistic on the hog market. It's already crashed, by the way, and we had a major crash in hog prices already. Um, whereas cattle has been sort of working its way down. Cattle just had an absolute waterfall decline. So from where we are now, I think cattle's actually in a better spot and might actually see some better prices. Cattle, I, I just think we're going to keep working lower. And, and maybe we have that cascading crash market like hogs have already seen. Usually that's what you see to place the low. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen that yet. We don't have to see that. But 
you know, I kind of feel like we almost are, almost are, are going to see that before we can say we're reaching that normalization point that I think we're at now with the hog market. Right. All right. So what's, how's the poultry market reacting to that with, with these numbers that we're seeing right now? Well, you know, chicken, once again, is, is even more economical. It's just, it's, it tends to be, uh, um, you know, a little less resistant. We had all the issues with the um, uh, flu that took place yep. and all the killing of chickens and all and the supplies. Now, now that seems to be alleviating and we're starting to produce, you know, we can produce chickens really, really fast. So that supply is rapidly coming back online. Uh, which should push chicken prices and starting to push chicken prices down, making it even more economical. None of that helps the pork market and the beef market, which are typically comparatively at a higher price point. So, so, and, and given that those markets, you know, don't uh, ramp up production like the chicken market can, um, you know, I think what's good for the demand for chicken is going to be negative for the demand for pork and beef, just because everyone's going to look at how do I, how do I get my meat consumption at the least price point? And I think the chicken uh, side of the equation is going to win out here as we get into the end of the year. And as this flock starts to really grow again. Yep. Right on. A lot of moving parts, Sean, man, there's a lot of moving parts right now. All kinds of things up in here trying to, trying to juggle uh, 15 things at one time. That's uh, things are going nuts, man. All the more reason to reach out to you, try to figure out what's going on, Sean. So folks want to do that. What's the best way for them to reach out to you and ask questions about what's going on in the marketplace? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. You know, we discuss on our front page, we have a lot of things that we discuss are how we look at weather, how we look at our capital flows, how we look at some of our fundamental work, how we make our forecast to see if this kind of way of looking at things, which is very different than most. Uh, might be a value to your listeners. Right on, man. Sean, I appreciate you being on the podcast, bud. Thank you, Casey. Always a pleasure. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also hit me up on LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and the ever so cleverly named Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this podcast here. So um, all the information about Moving Iron LLC, everything we have coming up is on movingironllc.com, history of all the podcasts, the blog posts, and other information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th of 2023. So if you're interested in checking that out, send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I'll get more information to you. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's go this morning, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. In the 21st century Hard working people Working
now.